Hello, and welcome back to Indie Author Weekly. This is the podcast for indie authors, aspiring authors, and curious bookworms who want the inside scoop, tips and motivation, and the -the behind-the-scenes journey of writing and self-publishing books. I'm your host, Sagan Morrow, or at Sagan Lives on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm a productivity strategist and an author of polyamorous rom-coms. Now, do you have a few questions about what it's like to write a book series, especially a series that is longer than a trilogy? Well, that is exactly what we are discussing on today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. For new and returning listeners, you can now get all Indie Author Weekly podcast episodes, plus updates on my writing projects, delivered directly to your inbox each week at saganmorrow.com slash behind the scenes. Link is in the show notes. Now let's get into this episode of the Indie Author Weekly podcast. Today, I want to share some insights and tips on writing a series of books. This topic is inspired by a panel that I was speaking on uh, about a week ago for the Exploring Story Structure virtual, virtual conference hosted by Diana Gunn. The panel that I spoke on was all about how to plot a series and I think that the replay is going to be made available, but I'm not entirely sure. So you can learn more about that and future events for writers that Diana hosts when you visit businessforauthors.com. By the way, Diana is super active on Twitter and really involved in the writing community, which is so cool. You can learn more about her on Twitter at Diana L. Gunn, and that's two N's in both Diana and Gunn. Okay, so we had a really great conversation about plotting a series on this panel, and I thought that you might be curious about the concept of writing a book series as well. So I just kind of wanted to touch on some of it and expand on some of it of what we've been talking about at the panel. I have five different Q&As that I want to share with you today. All right, we're going to be busting some book series myths going to talk about continuity, balancing plot development from one book to the next, and more. Let's dive in. Question number one. What is the biggest myth about writing a book series? While writing my own book series, the Polyamorous Passions rom-com series, which includes nine books in total and seven of them are already published, what I have found is that the biggest myth about writing a book series is that writing a series is really hard and complicated. Because honestly, it is not. I think that most writers tend to overthink it, and then it feels daunting and overwhelming. But actually, when you are working in the same world and with the same characters, in some ways, I suspect it makes it easier to write a series than a bunch of standalone books. You get to revisit the same characters and relationships and get to know those characters better and better over time when you're writing a series, rather than constantly needing to start from scratch with every book. Now, that being said, it is important to stay well organized throughout the process, right? And I mean, I'm a productivity strategist, so I care a lot about that kind of thing. So that leads us to the next question. Question number two. How do you stay consistent and keep a continuous plot going throughout the series? Consistency and continuity matter 
okay? Here are a few things that I like to do to maintain that consistency and continuity across the series. First, I have a character bible where I keep track of my various characters. This might include notes about their physical appearance, work life, hobbies, middle names, family dynamics, their age, all of that kind of thing. Second, I reread my previously published books twice while writing the next book in the series. So I reread the entire, all of the, the books that are previously published. I read all of them once while I'm outlining the new book before I really started actually writing the new book. And then I reread them again after I finished maybe the third or fourth draft of writing that new book. Okay, so that ensures that I'm not making any glaring errors and that the personality of various characters is remaining consistent. Third, I enjoy using mind mapping to get my ideas on paper so that I can see the most important characters and setting notes at a glance. I am a very visual and tactile learner, so that's a really helpful way for me to um, to process information, right? My brain processes information visually and also by doing things. So mind mapping can be such a great tool for me. And you can learn more about how to use mind mapping for writing a book in episode 44 of this Indie Author Weekly podcast. I will also note that when it comes to consistency and having a continuous plot throughout the entire series, I really like looking at my book series like it's a TV show. So each book might not necessarily be an entire episode, unless we're talking about like a BBC miniseries, but really looking at, you know, each book and each chapter within a book is a moment in time, right? It's part of the life cycle of the book. We are seeing this snapshot of what the characters are going through at that point. So when you look at it like it's a TV show with these sort of episodes, that's a really great way to ensure that you have a particular plot point throughout the book that still connects back to the overall bigger plot point of the entire series. Right. So that can be a really helpful way to frame it. And, you know, I think that I've mentioned before that when I was first writing this series, when I first came up with the idea for the Polyamorous Passion series, it was a TV show in my mind. Right. That's how I was viewing it. And then I decided to do it as short novels instead because I realized that it was much going to be much faster and I was impatient and wanted to get my message out there. I wanted to write my book and get it published right away. Um, so because of that, because I initially even thought of it like a TV show, that's actually how I write. And I have had numerous readers actually approach me and say, oh, you know, like I totally read this like a TV show. Like I felt like I was watching it. I could see it in my mind. So if you really love watching romantic comedy movies and that kind of thing, then you are going to really love the Polyamorous Passion series because it's totally written from that sort of lens, like it would transition beautifully to be adapted to the screen for that reason, which is kind of cool. So that's kind of a tangent, but you know, for the sake of remaining consistent, keeping a continuous plot going throughout the series, looking at it like it's a TV show where each episode is its own plot, but it still connects back to the bigger story. That's a really great way to look at it. All right, question number three. 
How do you ensure that readers understand what's going on in a later book in the series without doing a full recap in every single book? This is a great question, and I have very strong opinions on it. <laughs> the way that I see it is this. When you are writing a brand new book, how much background information do you think it's necessary to provide? Most of the time, we don't start a book with, the main character was born, here's a complete history with 40 pages of the first decade of their life, and that kind of thing, right? We don't do that. Instead, every single book starts somewhere in the middle of a story. And what you end up doing is sprinkling in bits and pieces of background details that might be helpful for situating the reader in this story. The exact same thing can occur when you are writing a book series. If you write each book with the idea that it stands on its own as a new concept, that your reader is stepping into the story for the first time, then what is the most important thing for them to know right now? All of my published works to date in the Polyamorous Passions rom-com series are short novels, and that means that every sentence counts. Frankly, I do not want to waste page space by writing a full recap on what readers missed in a previous book. I mean, that would be boring for me to write, and I think that that would be really boring for readers as well. <laughs> you can just read the previous books in the series to get the full scoop, right? And that's way more fun, way more interesting. So instead of, you know, starting each new book with like a recap of the previous books in the series and like trying to get readers up to up to where, where they're supposed to be, instead of doing that, I really like to distill what's happened in the previous books into just a sentence or two. I ask myself, what is the most relevant thing that the reader needs to know right now to understand this scene? Just one thing. So when I ask myself that, then that becomes the only thing that I add for a recap. And this works great. This way, readers who have been around since the beginning of the series get a quick one or two sentence refresher without getting bored. <laughs> and brand new readers who are jumping into the middle of the series are getting a teaser for what they missed out on so that they can still enjoy this one book without any confusion, but they will also get interested in reading the previous books in the series for the full details. And I think that it's really important to remember that your readers are smart people, right? Like they're intelligent people. They can figure out where they are in the story. They don't need you to write a full recap on this is the entire history of what this character was doing up until this point. They don't need all of that information. They're smart. They can fill in the gaps for themselves. And this is also a really great exercise and practice for you as a storyteller because you should be able to write a book that a reader can enjoy and they don't need to have all of that information about the background, right? You should be able to write a scene that gives a little, a little taste of what happened previously without requiring a full recap. So when you can do that, that's a really wonderful indication that your writing skills and your storytelling skills are developing, right? So really look at it as that sort of exercise and practice to become a better storyteller. 
I would really love to know your thoughts on this as well. So connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Sagan Lives and let me know what book series you have read that did a really good job of balancing this kind of thing. I'd be, I'd be really curious to know what books you appreciate having done this sort of thing where, you know, they don't include a full recap, but you still get a gist or a sense of the story. Also, you can get a good example for how I do this when you read my books. So just search Polyamorous Passions on your favorite ebook store, or you can grab them at saganmorrow.com books. So if you kind of want to see how I have distilled a recap into like a single sentence or two sentences at the beginning of each book um, as like part of kind of that introductory scene, then you will definitely want to read those books. SaganMorrow.com slash books. Question number four. Where do you draw the line between this is a scene idea versus this is a full book idea? Honestly, any idea can be fleshed out and turned into an entire book. It's a matter of what you are willing to expand on and spend time with. I look at it in terms of, am I willing to explore everything around this concept? Is this scene idea, this story idea, something that I want to sit with for however many hours while I write the story? And if I'm willing to sit with it, then that's a really good indicator that it is something that I can expand into a full book. Now, I have definitely had a lot of ideas over the, over the years where I think, oh, that is such a cool idea. What a great concept. But I really don't see anything for it beyond that one scene or that vague idea. Or I think to myself, that's a really cool idea. But frankly, I don't want to spend hours upon hours writing this entire thing as a book, right? That's okay. Not every story idea needs to be turned into a book. Play with it and explore what happens. If you are willing to really flesh it out, to flesh out that single idea and spend a lot of time with it, then that is a good sign that it can be turned into a full book. This is especially true when you keep in mind that you get to tell a story any way that you want. It can be plot-driven, or character-driven, or concept-driven, or what have you. As the author of your own story, you get to make your own rules. Question number five. When do you know that you have a good handle on a character and you are confident about writing a full book or several books in the series about that one character? When I'm creating characters, what I like to do is something I call situationals, where I will ask myself, if this character was in XYZ situation, what would they do? If I know immediately how that character would react and what they will be thinking, right, what their thought process will be compared to another, then that's a really good sign that I understand that character. And if I have no idea what that character would do in a random situation, then that means that I need to, to get them to know them better, right? So in that case, you know, when I'm doing this sort of situationals writing exercise, these actually aren't seasons that I necessarily even write down. And they aren't really, they aren't included in the story, right? It's just an exercise, a practice for me when I'm thinking about my character and getting to know, to know them better. 
This doesn't have to be all in your head. You can absolutely write down what happens and you might discover that the scene is so great that you actually do want to include it into a book, right? Um, but the idea of it is that exercise for understanding your character. You can actually also grab a resource, by the way, um, featuring these situationals as character development writing prompts when you sign up for my author email list at saganmorrow.com slash behind the scenes. So definitely do that. All right, so that's a really good way to assess your relationship with a character. But another thing is, you know, I really love getting to know my characters as I am writing the book. Often, I don't start a book while knowing all about the character. I just know a little bit about them. That character reveals themselves to me over the course of writing the book. So I would say that trusting yourself to be patient and build that relationship with your main character over time is really important. And also, you know, I really think that it's important when you're sort of trying to choose a particular character to tell the story about, right, which point of view you should choose for a particular character, you're going to, again, be spending a lot of time with this character. So definitely in ensure that you want to be spending a lot of time with this character. That's when you know that you'll be able to write a full book about them or multiple books in a series through their point of view. These can be unlikable characters too. They don't need to be amazing people, but they should be interesting for you, right? You should be interested in them and you should want to spend time with them because that is essentially what you are doing. When you are writing a book, you are spending time with these characters. But really, you can start writing your book today, right now, without knowing hardly anything about your main character. Again, you are the author of your own book. You get to write it any way that you want. All right, I hope that this was helpful for you on the topic of writing a book series. If you have other sort of questions about it or, or other topics that you want to submit, you can always reach out to me again, Twitter and Instagram at Sagan Lives and um, submit your topic requests for future Indie Author Weekly podcast episodes. Okay, that, my friend, is a wrap for today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. You can access the show notes for this episode, including all links and additional resources, at saganmorrow.com podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please take two minutes to rate and review Indie Author Weekly on Apple Podcasts. I really, really appreciate your support. Until next week, this is Sagan Morrow, Signing off the Indie Author Weekly Podcast.